Ladies and gentlemen, prepare for liftoff. Hey, welcome back to Liftoff by Bottle Rocket. I'm Tony Dosat. And I am Peter Clayman. And we are the hosts of the show. Now, this is a very um, different episode, isn't it, Peter? It is. In fact, our guest today is no guest at all. Oh, my gosh. It's very meta. Um, So here's why. We have been now living in this new-ish normal, right? The uh, a pandemic into post-pandemic. I even hate to say post because we're not quite out of it yet. Maybe here in America, we're a little closer to out of it, if that ever will exist. But let's go with that. It's been about a year and a half. A new vaccinated reality. I felt like it was appropriate just to, for you and us to sit, you and, you and I to sit down and chat about where we are and what this has meant for us professionally, like in the workplace, how it has pivoted, how it has changed things in us and what it means for our personal life. I mean, you know, we work from home. We're a remote organization now. And I think it's an important thing to riff on, um, especially as we have, I mean, even new people coming on that maybe it's their first time working and (laughs) certainly their first time in a full remote work environment and all the things. So should we riff? Yeah, let's riff a little bit. And in fact, I think last month, 30% of our new hires were outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So across the entire country. That is some context there. So Bottle Rocket is was founded here in Dallas-Fort Worth. And that is where Peter and I first met and the Love Fest started. And where the podcast started. I, I, I During the I, pandemic, you know right? What? Yeah. what has it been? 42 weeks that's that a, we've been recording this? That's interesting. I remember going over to your apartment, wearing a mask. You were the first person I had seen outside of my family unit, bubble Likewise. unit during the pandemic. Likewise. And it's because I had to get you the equipment that you're going to bring because you were moving to... You had rubber gloves on. That's right. <laughs> remember back when we thought that COVID came from touching things? Hey, we learn, right? We do learn. That's interesting. So here we are now. That was in April 2020? Yeah. So one month after we went fully remote. We're now work from wherever. So if you do want to come to the office, you are allowed to come to the office. But a lot of our Rocketeers aren't in Dallas and can't come so easily to the office. Part of the draw for me to go to Bottle Rocket was the design and the buzz and the overall feeling of that office. Right? So it's it's unlike anywhere else in DFW. Like 90% of the walls are whiteboard paint and there was a general excitement and energy to the space that was very compelling and it's what I first originally loved about the place I went there for panels that were hosted little meetups etc but now I don't ever want to go back to an office and I loved the office oh yeah now do you think that's a testament to our culture that we've built or to just being more I don't know how I'd feel if I was a new hire. Maybe I'd want to go in. Well, it's a complicated question for me. But I have to say, just personally, I feel an entirely liberated sense of labor power. Like, I feel like, you know, all those posters where it's like the power of labor, right? I I feel like the pandemic has reignited 
worker's choice. So right now oh. in our industry and many other industries, we're facing hiring shortages and skills gaps. Even though there's a tremendous amount of unemployed people, they haven't retrained and reskilled to these new industries that they need to be where there are actively open roles. I think last month in the labor report, there was the most open roles ever. Uh, so it's like we have so many roles we can't fill with so many workers who can't find work, which is very interesting. But for those who do have those skills, there's a lot of choice right now. Like for me, I live in a small town in Colorado. I never, ever before a year and a half ago would have even contemplated living here. I couldn't. Like I would have had to drive 45 minutes an hour into the city every day. I don't want to do that. No. Like I had a hard enough time driving 28 minutes in Dallas to get to work. Mm. And even there I worked from home one day a week. So I was still only going to the office right. four days a week Right before the pandemic across the workforce. So now if I want to go to New Jersey to go visit my family for a week, I don't have to take off work. I can just go to New Jersey and work from there for a week. Yeah. And it's liberating. I don't miss the things that people espouse saying that people miss. I think that like who is actually asking workers when you do ask workers, a vast majority of them either don't want to go to the office at all, want to go two or three days a week on the days they choose, not on the days you mandate them to come. Yeah. It also stems from this idea that butts in seats means work is getting done. And that's just not the case. Productivity based on our internal analytics skyrocketed. The work skyrocketed. And I would have never guessed this about myself, but I want to address that. The pandemic to me, although listen, having two kids, not being able to go to school that are under the age of five was a living hell for a little bit. But yeah, I, I didn't have it as bad as a lot of people. And I think that both you and I are very lucky and very privileged that we weren't directly impacted health-wise by the pandemic. So I do want to make that clear. So that will highlight this, what I'm about to say, which is the pandemic for me was a net positive. And I even hate saying that. Like, I feel guilty to say that because I know so many people were horribly affected by it and it ruined their lives. They lost family. They lost jobs. They lost I mean, they, the loss that happened. But that's not my context and it's not my life. So that's all that I can speak to and it is from a place of luck and privilege. So net positive. I now more than ever understand what it is that I'm most deeply passionate about, what matters most to me in my life and how I want to spend my time. And I would not have- I also love my commute. (laughs) I bet you do. (laughs) And how I want to spend my time. And that that is the greatest asset that we have is time. And I think that there's something there. I think that there's a there there, that this pandemic has been a silver lining for a lot of people. Now, with the, with the workforce, also there's a lot of boomers retiring now. And the problem with people not being able to get those jobs is because the mindset is still, you need 20 years of experience to do XYZ leading XYZ company. So they're not finding that in the workplace because they don't exist. I think a lot of retooling, mindset shifts, et cetera, is happening and has happened. And there's a lot of places that still need to catch up. Yeah. That's my two cents. 
remote work isn't a silver bullet, right? There are folks out there and a lot of folks, even at Bottle Rocket, who are now going in the office three or four days a week. Yeah. And that's what works for them. And that's awesome. But what we're talking about now is embracing a hybrid reality, which means a fundamentally different definition of inclusivity to include those who might not be physically present and changing the dynamics of work. Now, my big rub with all this is, think of any multinational organization. Mm -hmm. Weren't they already? I mean, yes, the folks in New York were working in an office and the folks in LA were working in an office and the folks in Tokyo were working in an office, but your team was distributed across the world anyway. Weren't you already working remotely? Right. And so I think that there's um, some traditional notions. Now, let's talk for a second about some juniors because I do have juniors on my team who have a very different view of remote work. Yeah. And that's because they are trying to figure out what they want to do with their world. And they want to get that confidence to live the way that you just described, Tony, to have such confidence in your decisions and such Mm. power and vigor behind your conviction that you are doing what's right for you. So I do think organizations need to build incubators for folks who are just out of school and new in their career to spend two to three years in an office mentee relationship and then giving them the choice as to where they'd like to go. And I've been saying this since the very start of the pandemic, and we're seeing it play out now with juniors that I have on my team who are aspiring to have more in-person interactions. But a one-size-fits-all is not going to be the solution here. My question is, you know, in the long run, is it going to become harder and harder and harder to recruit talent? Like, could you imagine right now trying to hire for a job, especially like a white-collar job, where you're like, yeah, you got to come in the office five days a week? Right. That's the thing is, I the one size does not fit all in anything, and even if it's like a glove or a hat, it's not going to fit my body. <laughs> so why would we expect people that need to be working eight hours plus a day to all fit into the same mold of here's your desk, here's your chair, here's what we do? You come in. It's worth mentioning that if it weren't for Slack. If it weren't for yes. Zoom, yes. and if it weren't for Miro, and for those of you that don't know, Slack is an enterprise communication tool that does so much more than you ever thought it did. And most of our workflows are in there, including our help desk and our ticketing and our account requests and all those things. Yeah. Oh my, everything. Miro, Zoom, I think if you don't know what Zoom is, you probably have not been on enough uh, conference calls over the course of the pandemic because I think we've all been through the Blue Jeans team, Zoom, go to meeting, you name it, yeah. rigmarole. And then Miro is a virtual whiteboarding tool which helps distributed teams get on a board together and work through big thorny issues. Yeah. If it weren't for those three, Tony, I don't know I would feel the same way. But now that the technology's here, I, don't, I, we I had just a, can't imagine. We were traveling every week to see a client in Chicago. The whole team. And, and how many week. hundreds of thousands of tons of Carbon dioxide, were we admitting as a company, just getting on airplanes to go for things that we could have done. Hey, I'm not going to take away from the fact that at a team level, maybe once a quarter, it would be good to everybody get together. Of course, I agree. Have a strategy session, what, one or two days, right? I agree. But think about it from a T&E perspective. That means if you were flying every single week, what are we going to call it? 10, 11 weeks of travel, you're going to then spend one week of travel for that equivalent. It's better for the planet. It's better for people's schedules. It's better for coordination. It lowers the cost of delivering these products. And I think the only thing people hang on to is the idea of the in-person has more impact. 
Because that was a worry of mine, to be totally transparent. I'm very much a get me in the room with the people. Who, you? I don't think anyone would have ever guessed that. (laughs) I'm very much get me in the room with the people. So my worry was that I would lose a lot of what made my work unique because we went digital and full remote. But I haven't felt that. I have felt not at all. I have felt actually empowered because it level sets to me, in my opinion. I used to feel like in a boardroom in big meetings, and I'd be nervous because here's this big C suite of this massive company. But now, when we're on video, we all have dogs barking, we all have kids running around the background, like some people got a mess going on. And I think it levels the playing field and says we're all human beings and we're all in this together. And that has been a huge weight lifted from my stress shoulders of like, I don't want to say performance anxiety, like for like discovery and whatnot, but it's really helped me. And let, let's even get a higher level, right? So many of you may know that I'm a passionate reader of The Economist and The Economist is very committed to people moving to cities because GDP production historically has been linked to population density. Mm. And the more dense a city is, more it can create GDP. I don't know if that's as true anymore. And I'm no economist, right? So let's be abundantly clear. This is the Peter sticking his thumb in the wind and testing the, but we're going to get very real for a second, Tony. Oh, 25 years from now, this world will be very different. I used to think we couldn't combat climate change. I now do think we will eventually combat climate change, leveraging modern technology. Okay. But I think by the time we actually address climate change, The world we live in will be a fundamentally different one. The species around us, the environments, we will fix it so that we can live, but we won't fix it to preserve the natural environment around us. The way that it is today. Correct. It will be different. It will be different because look in our lifetime already from the 1970s to today, look how much wild, wild parts of the world disappeared to never return again. I think we're waking up to this reality that in order to address climate change, we need fundamental and drastic immediate steps and a rethinking of absolutely everything from mobility to what we eat to how we get around. Mm. So this stigma against enabling a fully remote workforce, I think is going to have to change too, because it's a lot easier for us to sit in our homes and work and not drive to work. I mean, how many Americans, the majority of their miles on, on roads were associated with a commute? Yeah. Well, and you go go down the list, right? With that, Peter, I want to do a lightning round with you. Oh goodness. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'll ask you one and then you ask me a different one. Yes. Okay. Peter, what is the most in one word, what is the most important thing in your life? You have painted me into such a corner on this one. Oh. To answer this in one word. Because I you know, how could you not say your long-term partner, right? There's no other real answer there than long-term partner. Mm. But philosophically, the most important thing in my life outside of the relationships I built, it's not a one word answer, but is immersion and nature. But, you know, Tony, I'm going to do this and I'm going to ask you the same question. What is the most important thing in your life? Well, Peter, I'm glad you asked. I would have never guessed that you would ask me that right after I asked you. (laughs) Outside of your children and your wife. 
Okay, I will extract family from my answer. There we and go. I will let's go let's more preface philosophical. that. Yeah. Passion. I think passion is outside of family the most important thing in my life. Now, <clears throat> or for anyone's life is to have passion. I think people that get lost in life or don't know what they want out of life or those that think that it isn't worth having a life lack passion for something or a feeling of passion from others or for others or for uh, uh, their mission or whatever it is. Damn. You know, you made me want to change my answer. You're allowed to. This is just you and me that we don't have a guest. on. Okay. Well, we don't, we don't have guests. So (laughs) I, I, I remember a while ago, I, I don't know where it was, but it was like awe is the easiest human emotion to manipulate. And if you ever wonder, like, think back to a medieval town. Look at your historical medieval town. What were the two largest structures in that medieval town? The church. Oh, yeah. And the brothel? (laughs) (laughs) No, the castle. Like the seat of the feudal lord, right? Okay. And that's because... Think about it this way. If you live in a hovel made of dirt and straw, this is before TikTok, right? Before anything, (laughs) okay? You live in a hovel. Yeah. And you go into the Sistine Chapel on Sunday. Okay. And it is acoustically resonant and bright and well lit. And you just sit back and you go, this is incredible. I mean, just take a second to imagine that reality. Take a second to imagine living in a candlelit mud and straw building and going into the Sistine Chapel. So I say that to say, you know, my answer is awe because lately I have experienced awe most prolifically through my experiencing of the Colorado wilderness, which is scary and intimidating and very real and consistently awe-inspiring. I like that. Awe. Awe. Since you said passion, I figured I would come with a one-word answer too. There you have it, folks. Passion and awe. (laughs) Awe. I think that this, obviously, we set it up this way. It was going to be a different episode. We weren't going to have a guest. It was just going to be the two of us. A little behind the curtain, a little bit more personal, not as focused of a topic or path, but there's something to that, in my opinion. I had a bunch of fun recording this episode, and I really hope that everybody listening can get something out of it or feels inspired. Again, just contact us. Let's chat. Come on. Yeah, let's chat. Plus, we're all experiencing this together, right? We're all going into this next iteration of our new definition of a reality. Yeah. So why not make this new definition different? So if you want to join Bottle Rocket, you can either be local to DFW or across this whole nation. So let's work together. <laughs> and it has been so fun. We I have so have much fun working every single day with people like you, Tony, remotely. Well, thank you. And if you want to go in the offices, that's your jam. Guess what? You can. Yeah, all good. Okay. We actually have offices in a lot of places you can go to. So hit the link in the show notes. Find a career that you're passionate about or that would make you feel in awe. See how I'm circling it back around? Oh, that's a good one. And apply today. Anyways, thanks, Peter, for chatting with me. Thanks, Tony, for hosting this and giving us a platform to talk more about how 
we really don't ever want to sit anywhere else than these <laughs> home offices we've made. And with that, adieu. <laughs>